All right, again, welcome to Average Joe's. And what's have, up, people? We have Jacob again with us in the Ow. house. <laughs> How you doing, man? I couldn't be happier. Living the dream. Living the dream. The American dream. America. All the way, man. 100%. Awesome. All right, so I like to do a motivational podcast every now and then. Uh, one of my goals is to inspire motivate people to do better now i don't consider myself um, a guru when it comes to you know talks or i'm not you know the most eloquent um talker you know out there but i do love to come up with analogies i like to read books and i like to more than anything learn apply it to myself and then I want to share that same knowledge to others. What do you think? I commend you for wanting to uh, live by your values. So based on what you're telling your listeners, that it is a value of yours to understand what people feel and think. And it helps you um, make choices that are consistent with your values and that's good uh we'll get into the book i have something to say on values and goals as soon as we uh introduce that and get in all right well let's start off let's uh, jump right into it so i I understand that you had a book that you're reading right now it's called the happiness trap correct by Um, uh, ross harris that's right did i pronounce that correct you know him um, I do not. I'm not familiar with them. I'm not Russ familiar with Harris. Uh, he, so he is an author. Uh, he's not per se a professional. However, the approach uh, is. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. It is. I have to keep talking, and and it'll come to me later. So there's a a therapy approach that allows someone to understand what thoughts are i'm going to ask you interesting what, so, what are thoughts in your opinion thoughts that's a good one that's pretty deep you can uh, jump right into pretty deep man i so. did i mean i can explain <laughs> it if, if i haven't given enough context for the listeners and for you alan no I, I no i i think thoughts for me is the creation of the mind what you know whatever the mind creates um, in a sense, um, to that, put, that's to put it simple, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I think maybe you have no, a better definition, but I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So what they do is they break down uh, thoughts as language. It even breaks down language. Wow. Okay. I like that. Okay. Like that. It even breaks down language as uh, in written form. Those are just symbols. We put them together in sentences. We organize them, but uh, th- it suggest that language is symbols if we do this properly we can communicate right and that's the purpose of language so then it ties that in with thoughts and it explains to you okay let me also say this so alan what is the brain i'm being literal well i mean it's just a human organ perfect it's a human organ. Organ. What is the mind? That's our thoughts, right? 
Perfect. That is what goes inside our That's right, brain. brain. Yeah. Our thoughts. So we know a lot about the brain, the organ. We know very little about the mind. That is pretty deep. That's interesting. I like that. And so this book kind of dives a little bit into that, right? Mm-hmm. Into the thoughts, trying to be happy. How or how can you be happy? Uh, does it talk anything about like uh, mental health issues or anything like that? Does it? Not no. Not, not, not it, necessarily. That, so mental health is not a foundation for this book. Mental health is maybe a pillar. Uh, it will. So this this way of thinking could help someone grieving from uh, death. A loss of a loved one. It can help someone with mental health issues. It can help someone with so-called self-esteem issues. So it goes on, Alan, to uh, discuss why uh, we think. And then it breaks down. In our society, we understand the thinking self. We get that. All right. So just a thought came into my mind. Please. (laughs) You mentioned that thoughts can be considered as a language, right? It's a it's a language in, in a sense. It is. Now, and this is a very touchy, you know, uh, subject for a lot of people, but when it comes to people that are depressed, people that, you know, have a, you know, mental health issue, that's what kind of asked about it because in a sense, if thoughts are, is a language, we know that we can control our language. But when it comes to the thoughts, it's a little bit harder. All right, fine. If you're going to be that way, I'll be personal, Alan. Uh, I live with bipolar disorder, and it's misunderstood. Um, it, it scares people. But what, what is fear? Fear is the unknown. So I'll break it down for a moment before we continue with the book. Right. So uh, living with bipolar disorder, um, someone with bipolar disorder is in their head, more than someone without it. Uh, We question ourselves constantly, and we say really mean things about ourselves always. And that that dialogue is constant in our head. And then change, whether that's a new position at work or the loss of a loved one or divorce, these things in the individual that has bipolar disorder will cause mania. Mania is frightening. Uh, my personal experience with mania, mania it, it was the last straw in a 13-year uh, marriage, and a lot of change was happening. My mom was dying of leukemia, okay? And I, I'm not I'm wanting sympathy. It's just an explanation about change in my life that contributed to mania. My experience of mania, I was sleeping maybe three hours a night, then I would jump up, go do laps in the pool, and coming back from the pool, I may have stepped on a bug and uh, cried, like ugly cried about stepping on a bug because I just killed something. Okay? It's pretty so tough. It's, it's intense, and uh, it, it ended with me going, being lo- well, I was arrested. I was arrested. I was locked up in a mental hospital that I... I could not leave uh, if I wanted to, and I was there for two weeks. I learned a lot about myself. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and then put on a medication and its stabilizers. But here's, here's the, the research shows with mental health, 
that things like therapy uh, are as effective as uh, medication. Okay. Exercise, uh, and exercise, I'm not talking from a doctor or a um, physical health. I'm talking mental health. Right. So uh, in regard to mental health, being uh, physically fit, actually, um, there are chemicals in the brain, endorphins and, and, and connections between neurons that happen in the brain right. when you exercise. Um, and this is very uh, helpful for someone that, with, that uh, lives with mental health. So back to the book, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, it, thanks for sharing that. I know that's very personal. I know that a lot of people can't understand, you know, what some people are going through. And it's really important for us to be empathetic, understand that it's, um, I guess, in a way, a sickness or, you know, disease or something like that. And um, should be treated. So if people around here, you know, that are listening to us are going through uh, mental health issues, get And help. don't be ashamed. Right. Don't be ashamed of it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Do we shame people that have, that are diabetic? No. Right. They need medication. And they'll need that medication for the rest of their life. Right. Same with uh, mental health issues, There's, uh, especially with bipolar disorder. Uh, mood stabilizers are necessary to find balance. Well, so. Incredible. Now, making a segue to, to the book, now that you've had these struggles for a couple of years, a couple of months, whatever the time may be. 40 years. How do you find that inner peace, that inner happiness? Okay, so uh, now it's in uh, the name, the title of the book is a misnomer. It doesn't suggest that happiness is bad. It suggests literally that it can be a trap. We have no control over happiness. Okay, okay? And so going back to the idea of thoughts. So the book discusses two parts of ourself, the thinking self, which we get that. And then uh, it calls uh, another side of ourselves that in our culture we don't have many words for. You're bilingual. I'm not. So even in other languages, we don't have a lot of words for. So there are Asian cultures that have more words to describe this other aspect of who we are that's called the observing self. Okay. So the observing self never changes, never judges. Can all, it can always be... Uh, is always available. We can observe ourselves in our circumstance without any right or wrong. We can see it for what it is. And we can tap into that always. So an example would be in martial arts, they've harnessed the observing self. Okay? okay. Life experience, before we go return to the book, uh, martial arts, uh, Taekwondo to be precise, I was going from white belt to yellow belt. It was a pine board that was not dry, and I'm not sure of dimensions, but it was a block that I had to put my fists through to advance. <laughs> Did you do it? The first time I hit the board, I, I didn't tap. I tapped into the thinking self, and I was worried. I was thinking about getting Get my hurt. hand hurt. Right. Uh, so. The first time I hit the board, my knuckle split and blood spattered on the board. Wow. Okay. Now, my mom was in the uh, audience, and she went, ah! 
But uh, the, my master as a mom should be right. As she's a good mama, and my master just made eye contact and he just nodded his head, and I knew what he meant. He had taught me that, and we hadn't used these words, but this is uh, the concept that I could harness now the observing self. So I imagined my fist on the other side of the board. So I hit it again. Okay. Uh, the board broke. I didn't feel it. It happened. Amazing. Right. That's the observing self. The observing self is amazing. So tap into a different part of uh, who you are. Who you are, right. Right. And you're always these two parts, thinking self. Now, thinking self is not all bad. However, we're, we're engineered to tell ourselves things like people are going to hurt us. We're in danger, right? Those things keep us Negative away. things. You don't have... Well, the, right. They can be they perceived can be, right. that way. However, uh, many times, then we're not uh, complacent. So thoughts like that keep us alive. Okay. So if it was life and death, it's an, important to know who the enemy is and stay alive, right? Right. So uh, it, it doesn't always need a negative connotation, okay. right? Makes However, sense. it is the thinking self. The right. thinking self, so the thinking self is going to say things like... If you're going to get into a new relationship, the thinking self is going to say, you're too ugly. Now now we are going negative, but I'm explaining uh, thoughts, and then we'll get to a, a more important point. Yeah. So you're going to think things like, I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, I'm too, uh, I'm not lovable. The thinking self is going to mm. tell you things like that. I mean, and that's usually, I mean, we're our own worst judge. That's right. And not that we want to go negative, but I mean, we kind of see our own little defect, you know, um, uh, defects, right? Mm-hmm. And we see ourselves in the mirror. Oh, I have a pimple. I have this. My hair is looking like this. And we should know ourselves Adelaide's better than anyone. Ladies and gentlemen, he got a haircut today. Alan is looking oh. pretty styling. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I mean, even with that, I mean, we're always, you know, judging ourselves. And, Correct. But anyway, continue. Okay. Thank you for that insight. So uh, we're always thinking. Now, what the book suggests is we no longer attach good or bad to our thoughts because our thoughts can't hurt us. They have no power over us. They're literally language in our mind. And we call those thoughts. Right. Okay. So although they can... Now keep in mind, if someone uh, approached you and had a knife, the thinking self is going to trigger things in your body, such as your heart rate, uh, your ability to breathe, right? If you panic. They call it the triple F, right? In other words, like the freeze, fight, or something like that. I can't remember the the three three Uh, Fs or something, but... I don't know the three Fs, so it's fight or flight, I know. Fight or flight, there you go, something like that. Fight or flight. Or you freeze or something like that. Okay. That's fair. So, yeah, that's the triple F. There you go. Triple there F. Go. We got it. Fight, freeze. Yeah. Flight. Fight, flight, and freeze. Right. Okay. So uh, the thinking self can contribute to those parts of you, but the thoughts alone cannot do this. Thoughts are language in your head, right? So now the observing self in the same situation takes feeling out of that scenario. So then you can see it for what it is. You can see a knife. You know that that knife can end life. And you can act accordingly. 
That's what the observing self can do. It doesn't feel. However, it can process feelings, but it isn't affected by feelings. That's that's a deep concept. However, it it's a fact. Right. Right. So uh, differences between the thinking self and the observing self. Now, the, uh, the thinking self. Back to the book. It tells us not to attach right or wrong to thoughts. Do not say good or bad. Okay, we only are focused on thoughts that help us live by our values. Okay, what are values? Right, so I mean, for me at least. I didn't mean to yeah. set you up no, for no, value. No, 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 I mean. I, for what me, are values to you? For me, values, it's a set of uh, beliefs which you live by, I think. Perfect. It's like you read the book, Alan. Almost, man. <laughs> okay, so the author suggests that values are unchanging. That's core. That's you, right? You can discover what those values are. However, those are unchanging. Like, uh, I'm a father. I want to be a good father. That's a value. I want to be a better dad. That can be a goal. A goal is something you check off. Right. So this week... I can, I can say kind things to my boys. I can check that off. That's a goal. Right. But a value is something like, I want to be a good father, which means I'm going to live by that. If you harm my boys, you have to answer to me. Right? right? If my boys are not well, I'm going to do everything in my power so to So it's something that you live by throughout your life. I mean, it's, Hopefully. Right. So uh, a goal-centered life is a miserable life. A value-centered life can allow you to live a life that is helpful to you in becoming what you can become. I like that. That's pretty interesting. I like that. Because, I mean, there's a lot of people that, including myself, I create goals for myself. I strive to you know do good. But I think we get caught up on the system of checking off things instead of live and buy those values every single day, which is a whole completely different point of view. And I really like that. I really like that. Thank so you. The, I, you're welcome. The idea of the book is that you, the whole goal is because you can't, you can't keep bad thoughts away. So the self-help movement encourages you to keep bad thoughts away. The book suggests you make room for everything. Okay. Room from everything. Good or and bad, I mean, whatever it is. I good, mean, just, bad, otherwise. Yeah, right. And you don't need to label it anymore. Right, like you were saying that. Like I was going to say that. So I, I miss my mom. Right. right? She's dead and I can't speak to her. Right? That If I keep that away, then at some point it's going to affect me in ways I can't control. Maybe in a bad way. Right. right. I may lose my, my mind at someone and get angry at them when really I, I miss my mom, right? Makes sense. So giving room for all thoughts allows you to experience everything. So uh, And tapping into the observing self and the thinking self, you can be present in the moment. The observing self never gets bored, only the thinking self. Okay. So if you never want to be bored again, learn how to tap into the observing self. Okay, makes sense. And back to uh, thoughts. 
So uh, not good, not bad. However, you're, you start to categorize thoughts. If it's helpful, it helps you live by your values, then you give energy to those thoughts. Okay? Right. And the, the I'm ugly, I'm not worth anything, those thoughts... They don't help you. Do they help you live by your values? Right. And I think it's, you know, goes back to the feeling, right? I mean, what, whatever feeling kind of brings, if those thoughts brings us good feelings in a way, I guess, we can kind of separate that, I guess, in a way, right? Absolutely. We can kind of make room you, for you, everything. You leave room right. for those feelings, thoughts, observations that help you live by your values. Right. And... You, so imagine, uh, you understand white noise? Yeah, I've heard the term, yes. Okay, Google, define white noise. Here's the definition of white noise. Noise containing many frequencies with equal intensities. So what that does to the mind, it allows you to pause. That's what white noise can do. Some people turn on fans when they're sleeping. It creates white noise. So uh, I'll explain it this way. My son has autism. When he was a toddler, he would, when we would go out in public, he would scream. Someone with autism hears everything all the time. They can't mute sounds. So he would scream in public because that's all he would hear. So it gave him a moment. He didn't have to think about what he heard. So white noise. So imagine uh, white noise, and the book suggests that you that white noise can be loud and distract you, or if you only give energy to the thoughts that are helpful, then that white noise, the intensity of that volume of that thought becomes quieter. Oh, wow. I like that. That's a pretty good analogy. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And I, what you've said, it's pretty deep. Because you've shared your personal life, some insights that you didn't have to share. But again, thank you for sharing those. I know that's very personal. Mm. And going back to thoughts and the thinking and the observing self, what do you recommend? What would you suggest for for the for our listeners uh-huh. um, as a goal for the upcoming weeks? Right? What would you like challenge them to do? Give yourself a break. Don't be preoccupied with thoughts that are not helpful. Give your energy into to thoughts that help you live your values. And tap into the observing self so that when you're present with your loved ones, your mind, don't allow the thinking self to distract you. Don't be preoccupied. So the thinking self is also called a time machine. It'll take you back. It'll take you forward, okay? So tap into the observing self when you're with loved ones because you'll be ever-present. You can, you, you can uh, expose yourself to your senses, smell, thought, or excuse me, smell, taste. What are our senses? Smell, taste, hearing. Right. Uh, yes, what we can feel. Right, touch. All of those are heightened if we're observing. Okay, so I uh, so let me break it down further. When you're speaking to someone that you love, then uh, take a moment to let your thinking self, that noise from your mind, let that become quiet. 
and uh, smell the air and this is someone you love, uh, hug them or touch their arm, connect, stay connected in the moment. Uh, that I believe will help you live a values-centered life. I like that. Well, thank you for coming again. I appreciate your, you know, your insights. I hope that we can $100, all learn. $100,000 a visit, correct? <laughs> right. You got me, right? Venmo. <laughs> there you go. I'm just um, playing. I'm here because I, I want to be. <laughs> no, thank you very much for sharing those thoughts. Again, personal stories. And I just encourage people, if you're going through rough times, it will get better. Yes. Hang on tight. I know that at some point... You might say, you know what, I just want to quit. I, I don't want to go through this pain anymore. But we're here to help you out. We're hopefully you can gain some insight in things that you can do on your daily life and live life to your fullest, to your fullest potential. And I want to add something to the listeners, Alan. Success is, is not failure. Or excuse me, failure. Okay, Success is not giving up, right. right? Failure is not the opposite of success. Giving up is. So don't give up. I like that. Thank you very much. Well, again, welcome to Average Joe's. Thank you again, Jacob, for your insights. I appreciate the, the sentiment and the feeling. Of course. Goodbye. Bye.